0: Here is Mandru, Is that kind of position, oh what a goal! What a goal from Danny Mandru! The shot comes in! Oh, what a screamer!
1: Now, this is the real heart of soccer, quite frankly.
0: Oh, boy God, what a finish! Well, Jordan Flores met that on the meat.
1: Hi there, and welcome to episode 25 of LOI Arena podcast, brought to you by Pundit Arena. It's myself, Conan Byrne, and I am reluctantly taking the reins of this week's show. As you may have heard, Con's father, Brian Murphy, passed away on Friday evening, and Con is with his family, of course, this weekend. Before I introduce my co-host on the show today, I wanted to pay a little tribute to Brian, who was one of the League of Ireland's lifelong supporters. An avid Shamrock Rovers fan like Con. he was instrumental in the movement to keep rovers at Milltown. One of his finest hours supporting the Hoops was winning the league at the RDS under Ray Tracy, when he was director at the football club. However, there was much more to the man than supporting Rovers. He was a very successful businessman and entrepreneur who had an incredible, gentle way about him and his warm personality always shone true. Conn didn't lick his qualities off a stone. All the marvellous attributes Conn has, he got from his father. They were best friends. Recording this podcast with Con, Brian came up before, during and after on nearly every episode and Con will have very special memories of his father travelling to Stuttgart in 88 and Rovers matches in Europe with him. Right up till the end, Brian watched his beloved hoops on Watch LOI or LOI TV but preferred the games on RTE. Eamon Carr said it best, "Con will carry his torch and I'm sure Brian will rest easy. To his wife Patricia, Con and all the extended family, we at LOI Arena extend our deepest sympathy on their great loss. Erieste go raeva Moving on, we have a bumper episode for you to enjoy. We have part one of an in-depth interview with Alan Kelly. You don't want to miss that. He has a say on the noise around officials at the moment. But first, I'd like to introduce my new co-host for this evening, Brendan Clark. Brendan, thanks a million for coming on.
2: Yeah, no problem, Colin. Um, Obviously, the circumstances around myself having to fill in are, are, are you know, deeply upsetting and, and terribly sad for Con for and his family. So, I mean, even looking back on the, on the tweet Con put out this afternoon, I think the amount of replies that he's got, you know, often condolences kind of shows how highly regarded Con is around the country and within the League of Ireland family. So, again, just kind of passing on condolences to Con to and the family.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um you yourselves had the had the weekend off um out of the cup <laughs> early this year, Brennan. Um did you have the weekend off or did you were you training? No, we've we've been in training. Um kind of after the game
2: last week down in Cork. We had we had a couple of days off and and the, the the position we're in at the moment, we can't afford to uh, to let anything slip up at the moment. So, you know, we've we've been in training as normal with, with all those in cavantilly next week. Are you enjoying the The spell
1: at the top of the table
2: yeah it's been good you know it's where we want to be it's it's where we we've seen ourselves being um at the start of the year and it's it's a good pressure to have you're there to be shot at and 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 teams you know there's nothing better for teams than than coming and and trying to take points off us and trying to take points off league leaders and that so like i said we've, we've done okay so far and and you know we're looking to looking to finish the
1: job or your look, we'll we'll get straight in, straight into the action. We had, we had some fantastic cup ties on Friday night. Um, Bowes defeated Minute University Town four 0 Keith Buckley, Connor Levingston, Keith Ward, and a, a debut goal for Roland Adewoo. Um And Alex Kelly unfortunately got got a red card in in the first half of that game to put the game uh, to bed pretty early for for Minute University Town, who went on a, a fantastic cup run themselves. St Pat's ended Wexford's run in the cup with a three 0 win at Richmond Park. Uh, two sendings off here as well. <laughs> Talk about Alan Kelly later on, of course. Um, Dara Burns with two goals um, and Roland Coughlin dispatched a, a contentious pe- penalty um, towards the end of the game as well to, to put the icing on the cake for, for St. Pats. Puts them into the semi-final. UCD lost out to Premier Division out to Waterford 3-2. Colm Heelan went from hero to villain in, in the game, scoring early but missing a penalty at 2-all um, before Prince did what, uh, what he has been doing over the last number of weeks in scoring goals and a last minute winner has put the Waterford into, into the semi-final. And I suppose the game of the night at Bally Buffet Harps coming from 3-1 down with 10 men to grab a replay with two goals and substitute Sean Boyd the last in the fifth minute of stoppage time an absolute glorious goal um, and then in the SSE electricity Premier Division on Saturday night Shamrock Rovers had a huge victory in their quest for their second successive league title Rory Gaffney scoring in the first half to secure a 1-0 win. But I think the the place to start, Brennan, is the the FAI Cup with uh, and in Bali Buffet, uh, a remarkable substitute performance from, from Sean Boyd.
2: Yeah, uh, he was fantastic when he came on. Obviously, he he bagged the, the two goals and and got the um, got Finn Harps a replay. Um, obviously, Sean's had his had his serious injury um kind of back with the, the on the PFEI camp over versus they played against Rochdale um he had a, a really nasty ACL injury I think it was and you know it's a testament to Sean and, and the professionalism he showed doing doing his recovery um, doing his rehab and and you know to, to, to come I'm sure when he was injured you know you're you're dreaming like like nights like he like he had on, on Friday and coming on and, and being the hero and you know, you just have to look at look at the toward goal. You know, high ball into the box. You know, someone someone else might have, might have tried to snatch at it or tried to go and flick it on or whatever. You know, he's taking it down over his shoulder and and, and slotted it into the bottom corner, it was a, a top finish, and you know, it's sure, I'm surely it's
1: it's it's one that he'll remember for a long, long time. Yeah, it's just I love the way he just kind of palmed, palmed off to Andy Boyle, and a, a seasoned pro himself, if international footballer, and just the way he held him off to to take that ball down and. Create space for the finish was remarkable. Do, do you, can can they do it in the replay? I think they can. I mean, they've had a really good, really good
2: season so far. Finn Harps. you know they've gone on one in places that you wouldn't expect that that they'd win. And you know, it's it, it's a new Ollie Horgan team if you get me in, in terms of the style they play. They still have that um, the basics of football where you have to defend hard, defend fair, and stuff. But they have really good technical players that they can play football as well and it's something that in the past that they, they would have been labelled with that they're more on the industrious side but they, they can get the ball down and, and play, you know, really good attack on football and, you know, the, the boy up front, he's, he's on he's on some streak at the moment and he always looks a threat, he's powerful, he's, he's quick and he can certainly finish, you know, so I wouldn't be writing Finn Harps off on, on, on Tuesday.
1: Certainly they Finn Harps will be going there full of confidence, obviously scoring three goals against Dundalk And as a goalkeeper, I'm interested to ask you what you make of the of their current goalkeeper situation. Um three goalkeepers used in, in three games, the two previous games you could say that the goalkeepers didn't cover themselves in, in glory. What have you um, what have you made of it?
2: Look, I mean I think I think I think that's that's a you know the reasons behind the changes are are, are a question for for Vinny I suppose. Um, the only thing I could say is that you know when when you know you're chopping and change and you know it can be hard to to have that consistency. Obviously, with um you know you, you you're trying to build relationships within within units and stuff with your defensive unit in front of you and stuff and um you know even down to the small thing like. Certain goalkeepers, right-footed, left-footed. You know, like it, it can be something small like that. That you know, it may take time to get used. to So I'm, I'm sure it's not ideal having to, to chop and change the three goalkeepers and three games is not ideal. But you know, for Dundalk, I suppose, look, they're, they're not out of cup You know, they have a home game. You know, so I'm, I'm sure they'll be they'll be preparing properly, and, and you know, they'll be looking to to get through to the semi-final Tuesday as well. Gary Rogers put up
1: an unfortunate tweet. Yeah. On the front. <laughs> Putting it up in, in injury time, where uh, I've I've fallen victim to that myself over the, over the years, but uh, yeah, it's um it's just incredible. The, and Finn Harps, as you say, Tuesday night, it's going to be a, an, an incredible cup tie as well, um, and it could be Finn Harps' first semi final since 2014, so it's a bit a big opportunity for them.
2: Yeah, it is, and I mean, you know, it, it's it's not a free hit because you know you you want to get through to through to the to the semi final, obviously, so. I mean, they'll be full of confidence going there. Um, given that they were, there, I suppose everyone thought they were dead and buried. You know, in what 83rd minute they were, they were three one down. 84th minute, and then, and then for Sean to to bag two and 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 snatch a replay with the last kick of the game, you know, it, that that'll give them a bounce going into Tuesday. And and you know, obviously if you know they keep 11 players on the pitch, you know they'll have a they'll have a really right good chance and. You know, it, it has the makings of been a, a really good game. And, you know, it's one that, that both teams, I suppose, are looking
1: forward to it, hopefully going through. Moving on then uh, to Richmond Park. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Dara Burns. I know I, I've seen him in the flesh myself and um, when I was doing a bit of work for for, for St. Pat's um, at a recent game against Derry City. And I was impressed with him. Did you play or you trained with him last season? What, does he have the potential to... To go on to bigger and greater things, hundred um, percent. For for a
2: kid so young um, to to come in to a team pushing to to win the league this year and, and to put in the performances that he has, um, you know, it, it's it's been it's been a great year for him. Um, you can tell he's got that he's got all the ability in the world. Uh, he's got the work right as well off the pitch and, and in training and then. But he's also got that cheekiness, you know, like in training where there's no fear in him. Um, but again, you look at his two goals last night, they were, they were two one-on-ones and, and, you know, you'd expect maybe someone that young to, to snatch at it or, you know, try and put their laces through, but he hasn't. He's cool, calm, collected, you know, side for two goals and, you know, it's um, he, he's done really well and sky's the limit for that, you know, once he keeps his head down, keeps working hard and who knows where he can go.
1: Can they win it? Like it, it's it could be only be their second FAI Cup in 70 years if they manage to, to to win the FAI Cup this season. But can they do it?
2: Yeah, I mean, as Liam would say to us back in it, someone has to win it, you know. Um, not them, you know. They've uh, they've obviously got, got a good squad there and, and and you know, they've had a good season and, and stuff, so. You know, they'd, they'd be looking for a home draw, I suppose, in the semi-final and, and, and using that Richmond crowd now that, now that everyone's back to uh, to kick on and go to the Aviva. And, you know, they will be, be looking to win a trophy and, and um, obviously qualify
1: for Europe. I think their main competitors probably for the Cup are Bohemians, um, in my opinion. And Khan has put his neck on the line saying that they are his tip to win the competition. Um how much have you been impressed with them this season?
2: They've been, they've been top class, I suppose. They had it, they had it, well lately they have they haven't they hadn't had the, the greatest of starts. Um and I'm sure that they'll look back on individual games where they, they could have picked up three points instead of one or one instead of zero and stuff. So um you look the year on year, Trevor and you know, Keith and Trevor, they they seem to just churning out the players, you know, coming through from the nineteens or whatever. And again, last year they lost Danny Grant, Andre Wright, um, and you know they brought in Georgie, um, who's had, who's had an exceptional year, um, and then you know the younger lads coming through as well. It's it's they're great to watch. They're they're full of full of energy, um, and again, you know it's. it's it's young lads playing in the league, but no fear. It's it's you know it's, it's obviously great to watch.
1: I wanted to ask you actually about about George and Kelly, considering that you 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 played him again with with Saint Pat's last year, but you didn't really shine at the club. What do you think has changed for him personally?
2: Look, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it, sometimes just moving to a club just doesn't work. It doesn't fit, you know. Um, you sign for a club with all the best of intentions and stuff, and sometimes it just doesn't happen for you. Um, and then, and then you move again and, and you find you find you find a home you know and, and, and somewhere where you're comfortable and, and sometimes it just clicks so um, but i tell you what he does do what, what last year for us is in training you, you, like be he, he'd be relentless in training like he, he'd be working his socks off every single day and and his work ethic I mean I'm sure that's, that's, that was drilled into him at Dundalk and he brought that to us last year and, and, and never let off, but he still finished top scorer for us last year, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, I think people forget about that.
2: Yeah. Um, so look, and you know, George is a great lad off the pitch as well. I'm, I'm delighted to see him do well.
1: Uh, I think we always seem to be talking about Bohemians and um, youth setup at St. Kevin's boys and all, and, and Jamie Mullins on Friday was, was awarded the player of the match at 16 years of age how important is it to have a good youth system the way bohemians are doing it at the moment
2: yeah look I think it's massive um I think obviously with the with the new the new regulations as well suppose, as around brexit and players not not leaving um like they would have done before was, you know now now they have to now they have to come in and, and stay here and you know it, it's, it's a good opportunity for them to you know I know you push the education side of things but you know now I don't say I'm not gonna say they're stuck here but if they, if they maximize their time here there's there's a great opportunity for them to to play first first team football get an education and you know it, it's it's a very young league um all across the board you know even you know from, from when we started in the league it w- it was an older senior pro was everywhere you know but now you now you're 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 looking at it's it, it been a, a really young league really exciting league and and um, technically better as well technically much better and, and maybe that that's you know football has changed I suppose in the last five years and managers have had to adapt and, 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 and change their philosophy I suppose
1: And um, there's no way I would have got a game nowadays <laughs> coming through what no you mate thinking? you're sh- yeah
2: yeah <laughs> 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 um, but no look I, I suppose you know bringing players in as young as young as they are into the first team environment to see how they get on you know we we would have had players in training with us from the 19s and, and stuff and you see how they get on and you could bring four in but one might stay around and he could be the jewel you know like so it, it's all it's all a player ID kind of thing and see who's ready for it and, and it's great that managers have there's no fear in managers putting players into teams as well. Like I know, again, I go back to when we were, there would have been a fear of playing a kid in, in games, you know, but now it's nothing if if you're, if you're good enough, you're old enough. So and you go at the deep end and sink or swim. And, and the majority of players I can see are swimming at the moment.
1: Yeah. And you can see them, a lot of them in the under underage international teams as well, which is great. And yeah, so Bohemians have a wonderful chance of, of picking up some silverware this season. Waterford as well will be looking to uh, to add some silverware to their collection. Mark Bertram has come in and, and done an extraordinary job, but UCD put up some fight. I thought there may have been a shock on the cards.
2: Yeah, look, UCD are, are they have they have their philosophy and about about how they play football, and you know we've seen firsthand this year of you know they dumped us out of the cup two um in our first game, so we've obviously seen that up close. And, they have some some technically very good players in in Colin Whelan and you know Lee and Carrigan both have scored the other night and you know they, they've threats from all over the park and um, and again it's it's a young side it's it there's no fear you know it's going out it's expressing yourselves and and going toe to toe with it with a with a full time Waterford and and not having a fear of losing you know and and obviously that comes that comes from the manager and, and and the philosophy that they
1: they have there. Just thinking there actually I probably might be putting on on the spot here but obviously we're hearing a lot of talk about Colin Whelan being on the 21s Liam Kerrigan is there any other player that that maybe is not grabbing the headlines that perhaps should be?
2: Uh, geez, you have put me on the spot there look it's that's not that's not really for me to say I suppose Um, I suppose you'd have to ask Andy Myler that and and, and what he what he thinks of his squad like I'm not going to come on and I haven't really seen enough. I've only seen, you know, the, the clips from when we prepared to play them and, and stuff, but I suppose for, from, from playing against them that they, they have quality all over the park and sometimes I suppose with, with UCD teams um, it can depend on on what year of the cycle that they're in, of, of how many, yeah. how many players are in their fourth year of their degree and, and they're, they're only getting up to speed and that, you know, so um, someone who, who, might not catch the eye this year, like you're saying, could only be in the first year of their degree and they're only in the first team environment for the first time, but, you know, next year and the third year, you know, they, they'll really come to the fore.
1: And a word on Mark Burcham. He came in, Waterford, it's nearly near they weren't at the bottom of the table, they were with Longford at the bottom, um, but he's completely turned things around.
2: He has, and, and do you know what? He, he's come in, and I tell you what, talk about buying into a league. Um he's done that. I mean, he's he's obviously done his research on the league and done his research on, on the players that he has and, and, and what areas he needed to strengthen kind of in, in the window. Um and he's done that. And you know, he's 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 come in, he's fully respected the league that's here, which is great. He's bought into Waterford as a city. He's I think he signed a two-year deal there recently, you know. So obviously he's he's happy enough with with what he's doing and, and, and that the players are buying into what he wants and and you know th- you can see it in their performances and the results that you know th- they're, they're going in a really positive direction
1: So we've talked about the four teams there Brendan who's your tip to win it?
2: I can't I've I, I we're not in it so I couldn't really care to be honest <laughs> who wins it um, if It's not in the fence us, I, I, No if it's not us I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't care so um,
1: Who would you like to win it? I know you're a Pat's fan and, and take them away out of it maybe, but like would you like Bows to win it considering like how well they're doing off the pitch with all the stuff that's going on? Or would you like Waterford to win it? To I, I, ooh,
2: I, Harps would be good though, wouldn't it? I I'd love Ollie to win it. Can you imagine <laughs> the interview after that? Ollie, you've just qualified for Europe. Yeah, but we weren't great. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be that'd be Ollie in the nutshell. yeah. I suppose Ollie i uh, have Finn Harps. Yeah. Um, be good. Look be good. again. It it's it looks on paper to be a, a good lineup for the for the semi-finals and that. So so hopefully we, we've we've good toys and then a good final.
1: Absolutely. And and there was a, a huge game obviously in the Premier Division on Saturday night. Brennan uh, Shamrock Rovers beating Sligo Rovers um, at the Showgrounds, one nil goal by Rory Gaffney. Is it theirs to lose now? Do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think the the six points. Ahead now with going into the last series of games, um, I think they have a game in hand as well, do they? Um, yeah, they do, yeah. I mean, can, can you see uh, Pat Sligo, Derry, can you see them going on a run that'll, that'll overtake them?
1: Well, that's the thing, oh, isn't it? Because it has been a case of the chase and pack not taking their chances when, when opportunities arise or isn't.
2: Yeah, I suppose, but I mean, you know, Rovers, Rovers will always get, I suppose, knocked for, you know, the odd kind of bad few results and that because of of where they put themselves up on that pedestal, you know. But you can't you can't argue with where they are at the moment. They're, they're, they're six points clear, game in hand, going into the last series of games. They're the reigning champions. Um, so, I mean, is it theirs to lose? Yeah, absolutely. Um, will they win it? I, I think they will, yeah. Very good. Um so on the
1: game itself, will Liam Buckley be a bit disappointed with the concession of the goal?
2: Yeah, I, t- I think he will, because it's come from it's come from a slow throw in in the right back area. Um he's obviously thrown it into the middle of the park and they given it away. Um and then, you know, Gary, I think it's Gary O'Neill's had a shot and goal and and Ed look I'm, I'm not, you know. I'm not going to bash goalkeepers here, am I? Um, it, it's, it's difficult to say because there's only there's only one camera angle, and you know the way the new footballs are, is they move all over the place. Will Ed be disappointed in where he's parried the ball? Yeah, he will. I'd expect him to be disappointed. Can I understand why it's happened? Yeah, absolutely. I see it. I see it on a daily basis in training of of how players strike the ball and how they move and that. Um, but um, no, I thought, thought Rovers were were. They've done really well defensively, you know. The last 15-20 minutes it got a bit frantic and you know Pico Lopez throwing, throwing themselves in front of things, Lee Grace, Sean Gannon, you know, they defended very, very well and, and, and seeing the game out pretty pretty comfortably.
1: And it'll be all about them trying to secure that European spot for next year, Sligo. So
2: yeah. Um I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone kind of would have put them up as high as they are. Bar probably the people inside the camp quietly. Um but yeah, I mean they they should go on to, to secure, you know, a European place, which would, you know, I'm sure it'd be a success for, for Liam and, and Dave and John Russell and you know the staff down there. Um I, I know what is like around the European week. Um and, and there's a great buzz. Um and yeah so hopefully they, they can do that. They can finish you know in, in the European places
1: and and bring that European football back to SLIGO. Very good. Um, I suppose now it's time to to meet our guest for this week's episode, Alan Kelly. Obviously, referees have been in the limelight over the last number of weeks. Um, a lot of people have been complaining about different things. We had Stephen Henderson in a, on, mainly talking about fourth officials and their role. Um, and since then, there's been a lot of sendings off, as I said, contentious decisions, another. Good few on Friday night, and more managers being sent, sent off. Andy Moiler was sent off um, for UCD. And um, it was the referee's turn to um, to have their say. And I was delighted to be joined by by Alan Kelly, a former League of Ireland referee who's now over in, in, in the MLS. And this is what he had to say. So I'm delighted to be joined now by from America by um, referee Alan Kelly. Alan, you, you spent a lot of time in the League of Ireland and you left in 2013. But uh, you follow the league very, very closely.
0: Yeah. Hey, hi Conan. Uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yes. Um, finished in two thousand and thirteen. Um, but I've been a League of Ireland fan all my life, and uh, you know, just just because I immigrated didn't um, didn't stop me um, being a League of Ireland fan. So uh, yeah, I do. I follow the um, I follow the league since I since I left home, uh, and I've, I've followed it um, all the way through to pretty much today. <laughs>
1: Today, yeah, when uh, a lot of uh, decisions have, have been, the talking points have come up again. And I suppose, look, we'll delve straight in to to this because I'm going to talk about your own career towards the end of the interview. But the decisions are, are being are huge talking points um, at the moment. And we had Stephen Henderson on a couple of weeks ago talking about his point of view from the League Managers Association. Um, but can you understand why um, there's a lot of talk about the decisions at
0: the moment? Um, as somebody who's who's uh, who's watched um, uh, games weekly over the last, um, especially this season, uh, but over the last number of seasons, um, I'm very uh, I'm very familiar with the decisions that people are talking about. Um, I know that, that there's been very much a focus on the uh, on the fourth official side of things uh, and the managers. Um, and uh, I, like over the last couple of weeks, I have noticed that. Uh, it's it's very much to the fore, uh, very much more so than than I've ever seen it um, in in relation to refereeing at home. Um, I did hear Stephen's interview uh, a couple of weeks ago. I listen to your own podcast every week, but um, I did listen to Stephen's one, uh, I suppose, with with more interest. Um, and I know Stephen pretty well from from uh, me being a referee in the league, and and Stephen being a manager in the league. And uh, Stephen's a guy that that uh, I always got on very well with. Um, uh, you, you could tell from his interview, he's very passionate in terms of, in terms of the coaching and managing side of things and the game in general. Um, he made some very valid points. Uh, I'll be straight up and say that there was a lot of, um, a lot of points he made that I didn't necessarily agree with, but that's okay. You know, um, uh, I'm quite sure that um, um, uh, the, that, that's just not that's that's the, that's the thing you know is that you will um we, we'll have differences of opinion and that's okay so um so where i can where i can understand uh some of what's being said um and agree with some of what's being said i'll i'll, I'll, I'll disagree with a lot of uh, uh what what people say just simply because it just seems to be a very uh, subjective uh look the game is very subjective and refereeing is very subjective and decision making is very subjective you know um uh, I, I think there's a duty from the from the referee side of things to be um, um, to be communicative. I know, communication has some has been something that's uh, been discussed an awful lot. Um, but I also think that the, that the education in terms of the laws of the game, there's a duty uh, from uh, from players, from managers, from from pundits, um, people who follow the game like yourselves, to be fully aware of what we're actually talking about. You know. Um, I'll be the first person to say, look, I'm, I'm a referee, uh, have been for years, um, and I've made plenty of mistakes, and we do. It happens, uh, uh, and that's just part and parcel of the game. Um, I do think, it's, it's, uh, I do think the, the coverage has been a little bit overboard and a little bit one-sided uh, over the last number of weeks. Um, I know social media is a lot to say in terms of that, but look, social media is social media. Um, I'm very much more interested in, in, in the players and managers uh, and referee side of it. Um, and with the, the, the greatest and best of respect to the um, uh, to fans, fans will always have have their opinion, um, maybe a little bit, you know, kind of tempered towards their own team. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with the, with what's going on. Um, can, it, it. can it be a lot
1: of kind of one sided discussion here? Because obviously when a manager speaks to the media, it might rise up the supporters a little bit more. Whereas the referee doesn't get his opportunity to communicate his decisions with 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 anybody.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. And and look, we, we all know that the game is um you know it, we're all passionate about the game. We're all fans of the game. Uh, look, the worst thing you can do, especially after a, a a game that has had some incident in it, um you know you you put a you put a microphone in a in a on, 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 in, in the face of a manager immediately after a game where he or she might feel aggrieved uh, there's there's times where the manager will say you know things that he or she might regret or might not, you know um, but it, there's very much an emotional aspect to it. Um, so you know doing an interview right after uh, right after a game, uh, it's part and parcel of it. Uh, people say things that they regret uh, and sometimes they don't. From a referee point of view, I know um, I'm very much a, a believer in communication. Um, uh, communication on the field, communication pre-game. You know, um, uh, there's times where I would have loved, as a referee, to come out and give an explanation. Um, I think I did that once, way back when I got in trouble for it. <laughs> um, and again, uh, done so in a in an emotional environment. Um, so, uh, but there's been many times I'd love to have come out and, and say. This is what I saw, and this is why he, this is why I made a, a certain decision. Um, uh, there's been plenty of, of of trials that have been done in different leagues in relation to that, where uh, where officials have received media training. I think that's a real key part to it. Received uh, media training, and 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 given their explanation as to as to um, uh, why they had given a specific decision on the field of play. There's also been instances where where you know, referees have been given media training, and um, and still said the wrong team, you know? So, so it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance. Look, I, you know, speaking to, I'm, I'm still, um, I won't say friendly, but very uh, very much in communication with uh, some, some officials back home. Um, and some people would, would be very much in favor of, of doing that, but it's not for everyone, you know? Not everybody is comfortable. Um, in terms of having like a, a spokesperson that, that could do that on behalf of the referees, I think that's probably something that could be looked at um, again. Other leagues, other countries have have done that, um, as opposed to putting an individual on the spot directly after a game. If that makes sense.
1: I know in like in different sports, rugby, for example, they have the um, the microphone to the referee's mouth any time a, a decision is made. Would you would you have, have any interest in, in that being brought into soccer?
0: Oh. Uh, I, I've been I've been part of something like that before. Um, it was very much a uh, it was a very much a trial um, where you can hear the on field communication between the referee and the players. Um, and uh, I think we we did that as a part of a documentary way back. I think it's like 2012 or or, or something like that, where we we got mic'd up for uh, a Celtic Liverpool game that was um, that was held at the Aviva. And uh, I, I think there was there was an overwhelming feedback. After that, in terms of you know the the, the referee-player inter- interaction, you know the focus was off the decision-making side of things and more uh, and more on the engagement between referees and players. You know, um, and uh, look, I, I, I don't think that we'll ever see that from a, from a, from a football perspective. I was going to say soccer there for a second. Oh, you said uh, soccer there. A,
1: I've never said soccer before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I <don't>
0: <laughs> there you go. See, that's that, that's that uh, transatlantic thing kicking in already. Um, but, um, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure whether we'll ever see that. Um, you know, we, 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 we're involved in VAR here. Uh, we did a trial last year where, um, um, where the the interaction between the var and the referee at the, at the at the screen um was transmitted you know again just a trial just to see how it was some people are for it some people not so much you know uh, i think you you very much want to keep things natural as opposed to uh in in some way um uh kind of put on and fake in in terms of the communication so so I'm not too sure whether that will happen. Um, it, it was fun to be part of in terms of a, a non-competitive game. Um, in a competitive game, I think your focus really needs to be what's going on on the field of play.
1: Yeah, I suppose. I, I'm just kind of just thinking there, back when you were in the league, um, there seemed to be a lot of more respect, I suppose, for, from managers to referees. Um, and over the last number of years, as I said to, on, the, on the podcast of Stephen Henderson, there was a lot of um, you can hear the fourth official getting involved with the dugouts a lot but the feedback then from the dugouts to the uh, the fourth official and the referee um, there's a lot of really bad language being directed towards um, both fourth official and the referee is that like accepted now more so than before?
0: Um, are you saying there's, there's bad language directed at the officials yes. or from the officials at the officials? Look uh, look, look, going back to my time in the league, right? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that there was agree <laughs> that there was um, more respect back then. Um, but look, the world was a different place uh, to a degree. You could say things back then that you probably couldn't get away with. Uh, you that you could get away with. You wouldn't get away with in today's um, in today's game. You know. Um, no, to be fair, though. Look, when I refereed in the league at home, you had you had you had managers who were characters. Um, you know, um, look. I, I can only speak for myself in terms of in, in terms of my interaction with managers at the time. Look, I, I, I'll always remember. Um, um, I'll use Pat Fenlon as an example. You know, of uh, a real introduction to a to a, a Dublin derby. One of my first Dublin derbies was was Pats and Shells in the cup game, and um, Pat was was uh, I think he was the player manager, just the the, the player manager at the time. And uh, Sheldon equalized, Stewie Byrne equalized late in the game, 80-something minutes. He got injured in the, in the collision with the goalkeeper. Stewie went off. Pat came on, came straight over and just let loose on me in terms of, you know, uh, I think it's probably I couldn't hear him um, from, from, from the touchline, from the technical area. So once, once he was on the pitch, he came straight over and said it. Oh, I could have sent him off there and then, right? And I kind of went, yeah, you know what? You know, there's a little bit of a, an emotional aspect to it. Let's just play Pats went down the other end, got a free kick and Paulo's and got a deflected goal for the winner. I went back to the halfway line, turned around. Pats there, right? And he's, he's saying the exact same thing. And I sent him off, right? I sent him off because I said, well, look, I can understand it once, but not a second time. And, it, and look, you know, what he said at the time, I could have sent him off five times over for, you know? <laughs> but that's, that was just the thing. Uh, unsavory scenes coming, coming, down the, uh, coming down the steps at, at, at Richmond Park into the into – the, uh into, into our dressing room. You know, it was it it wasn't pleasant. Uh, and uh after about after about six or eight minutes, there was a knock in the door and it was Pat and he said, Can I come in and talk to you? So I said, uh I'll tell you what, right? You can, but not now. Let's you go away, have a shower, right? Let's take the emotion out of that. Let me have a shower and let's take the emotion out of this dressing room here. And if you come back whenever you're ready in a in the right manner where we can have a civil conversation then that's, that's what we'll do. And if, if you can't, then we won't have that. And that was always the approach for me. It, it was, was, to, was to be able to have that conversation um, with a manager pre-game or post-game once it was done in the right, in the right way. Um, same with the players on the field of play. You know, look, I, I've, I've had many an argument with players on the field of play. And we say things in the heat of the moment that we probably shouldn't say. Now, me as a referee, if I'm going to say it, right, and I can't, I can't feel aggrieved if it's said back to me and then issued disciplinary sanction. You know, um, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, uh, but sometimes you just, you, you kind of get caught up in it as a referee. So, um, so yeah, and we had, we had referees back then who were still refereeing the league who were, who were good communicators. You know, um, I, I have to say though, Conan, that that, t- to your point. Uh, I, hear, I hear, I've heard over the last uh, couple of weeks, managers and players say, you can't even talk to the officials. No. My question is, look, is it, is it you can't even talk to the officials? Like if, if, how many times have we seen, and it's part of the game, unfortunately, how many times have we seen managers shouting or screaming or roaring at a fourth official? And like, if, if, if I said to you, uh, if somebody screamed and roared at you on the street, would you be inclined to answer them back? Of course. You know, or would you say, you know, I'm not answering that person back, screaming wrong like that. Or if the same person came up to you and asked you a question in a in a civil tone, in a civil manner, you'd be more inclined to answer that person, right? It's the same. It's the same with a manager in a technical area, right? If if you as a manager are shouting, even shouting a question, it may not necessarily be abusive or insulting but just shouting uh, in a manner that you know is is deemed uh, unnecessary sometimes a fourth official is not just not going to answer you back but if you as a manager or a player go and 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 approach a referee or a fourth official in a manner that's nice and calm and relaxed ask the question you're more likely to get that answer back you know Um, you might not necessarily agree with the answer but at least at least the conversation will be had so I think I think it's unfair to say uh, fourth officials and referees are non-communicative, right? It's it, it all depends on how they're communicated to, and that's no different in any in any country in terms of football. You know, um, you do it the right way, you're more likely to get a response back, uh, and uh, it, it worked for me as a as, as a referee in, in the league. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, I just didn't answer back. You know, and and that's not to that's not to annoy or aggravate anyone. It's just if you do it in the right way, you're likely to get a, a response back. So I don't think a manager can expect an answer back if they if they're shouting a question in a I won't say an aggressive manner, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I don't think I don't think they're in a position to expect an answer back. But if they do it in the right way, they're more likely to get an answer back. And I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, like uh, I just don't. want... Uh... Obviously, um, people may be listening here that might want me to ask you certain decisions that referees have made over the last number of weeks. I think it's very, very unfair to do that because the referees aren't on here to discuss that. But what I do want to ask you is why are the referees' standards appearing not what they should be?
0: Okay, so in in terms of the standards, what do we uh, like? People say that the the standard of refereeing is dropping, right? I've heard that uh, a, a number of times. So, look, I, I think if you if you spoke to you know the, the people uh, involved in refereeing and managing refereeing, right? They're not going to tell you everything is great, and I'm not here to tell you that everything is great and and all of the referees in the league are excellent every week from 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 one game to the next, whether it's Premier Division, whether it's First Division, whether it's Women's National League, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Okay, um, but again. Some of the things I've seen, I, you know, I saw a game last week. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of uh, chatter in relation to some decisions. So I went and I had a look right now. I had a look at the decisions. Uh, one decision was on the far side of the field. Okay. Um, you couldn't see. So from a refereeing point of view, right. There was a player sent off straight red card. So from a refereeing point of view, right. Uh, and and something that, uh, that, uh, supporters wouldn't necessarily know, right? Is the criteria that's attached to, like, if I was to say to you, Conan, um, if if you're playing, right. And you receive, uh, you're guilty of a reckless tackle. You're guilty of a reckless tackle. As a, as a former player, what is your expectation in terms of disciplinary sanction? Well, a reckless tackle is a red card. It's not. And this is the problem. Like you've, you've been, you've been, you've been a player, right? You've, you've been a, you were a professional player. Um, correct me if I'm wrong even though I know you were teaching but, yeah, well, but so. you earned your living as a, as a professional player um, and if, again if I was to ask you the laws of the game Conan right the, the game that which you made a living from how many laws of the game are there would you be able to tell me absolutely not no uh, okay All Right. so and and here's part of the problem is that, is that, no, I'm not here to bore you or bore your listeners. Um, uh, with I, think though, I think it's important though. I think it's important though. Yeah. So but like from a referee, from an educational point of view, right? Look, I, I'm big on referee education, you know, um, educating our referees in the right way, um, in terms of consistency and so on, but I'm also big on, on educating players and managers because there are players and managers playing the game that don't understand the laws of the game. Don't understand anything in relation to laws in the game, you know? Um, So, and look, I I didn't mean to put you on the spot with those two questions. It was just, you know, we're having a conversation uh, and in terms of answering your question. um, So where was I going with that? Uh, So, yeah. So that game that I watched last week, right? So the criteria in terms of um, challenges, right? You can have, there's three types of challenge. There's a careless challenge, a reckless challenge and an excessive force challenge which danger, uh, endangers the safety of an opponent, okay? So there's three different types of challenges. And referees, when we look at it, we, you know, look, there's slight differences between a reckless challenge being a yellow card and uh, and, and an excessive force challenge which endangers the safety of an opponent, serious foul play, uh, a red card challenge. So that that incident that, that I looked at last week, that um, uh, one of those incidents, it's on the far side of the field, okay? And when we try and judge those challenges as referees, which we're judging the speed of the challenge, the force in the challenge, uh, the point of contact with the with the player on the receiving end of the challenge, the mode of contact, whether it's the side of the boot, whether it's the studs, all that kind of thing. All of these criteria all have to be applied within a, within within a second in terms of making your decision. Now, me as a referee looked at that, and I couldn't tell. Based on on the one camera angle that was that was available, right? Whether it was worthy of a yellow card or worthy of a red card, because I couldn't I couldn't attach the criteria. Look, the ball was ahead of of the attacker. The opponent was behind the attacker, right? The opponent made no attempt to play the ball whatsoever. Just wanted just lunged, dived in, lunged in from behind um, to take the player down, who was away into yards of space. I have no idea what the point of contact was, but if the point of contact was on the Achilles or anything like that, right, then it falls into red card territory. Now, the referee, to be fair to him, is 10 yards away. He's 10 yards away with an uninterrupted view. Okay, and he went and gave a red card and got absolutely slaughtered just simply because in people's opinion, it wasn't a red card. But there was no no knowledge of of that type of challenge and the criteria in, in, in that type of challenge. Does that make sense? Am I, am I, no, no, know, no. I, 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 I'm not, I don't mean to pigeonhole everything into, uh, into, into, into those categories. Right. But, but, there, you know, like it, it's not, the game has changed. The game has evolved. It's not the eighties and nineties. And look, the game now is, is a different game than when it was five years ago. It's a vastly different game to what it was 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, like me as a referee, I'm not the same referee now as I was when I started. I'm not the same referee now as I was five years ago, you know, because as a referee, you either evolve with the game and the changes and the amendments with the laws in the game, or you get left behind, you know? So, um, so, uh, like, like, there's 17 laws in the game, right? 18, we used to always say there's 18 laws in the game, eight, law 18 being common sense, and, and the common sense factor has been kind of taken away or taken out of the game over over the last number of years. You can still apply common sense, a little bit of common sense in certain areas, but but now the, the the law changes have moved towards mandatory uh, situations that happen on the field of play that are mandatory yellow cards or mandatory red cards. And again, I'm very very conscious that I'm I'm, I'm getting too technical uh, in, in terms of in terms of the educational aspect to it. Um, from a manager's point of view, going back to the managers, first of all, uh, in 20, 2019, before the 2019-2020 season um, started, uh, the, uh, the iFA, the International Football Association Board, people who were responsible for the game um, and, and changes in the laws of the game, introduced red and yellow cards for managers in the technical area, uh, sorry, uh, for managers and coaches within the technical area, Okay. Prior to that, uh, it was you know, a warning and ended up being a dismissal. There was no card shown to managers and coaches. So back in 2017, 16, 17, um, there were studies do, done in lower leagues in England uh, to, to, uh, to, um, to study the behavioral patterns uh, of managers and players. It's, it was deemed that the technical areas were becoming um, problematic, not portraying the game in the best light. Okay, so so the behavior within the the technical area was deemed to be getting out of control. So they wanted to do something that could just, you know, bring it back within control, okay, and and portray the game positively. So there were studies done in terms of uh, manager and coach's behavior. So um, they trialed red and yellow cards. So it was was found that once a manager or once a uh, a coach was given a yellow card, he or she would modify their behavior for that game for the remainder of that game, but it wouldn't necessarily carry on into the next game. So what they did then was they, they had a, uh, they introduced um, similar to what players have at the minute. Once the accumulation of yellow cards comes up, there's a suspension, you know? So once managers and players, uh, sorry, once managers and coaches uh, saw that there was a direct consequence to their actions, there was a, there was a, there was a change in their behavior. Okay. No, uh so so that's that's where this came from. That's that's where this originally came from, was to improve the behavior within within the technical area, and to pr- to improve the image of the game. Okay. That's that's fundamentally where IFab uh were coming from. So um, so using myself in, in, in terms of you know, right now, I, I haven't had to issue many yellow cards. I haven't I've not sent off a manager in in uh, in, in the two seasons uh, that um uh, that, that, uh, since that law amendment came in. But I have yellow carded managers twice, right? Um, and one manager, we spoke, like this was right before the game. I said, hey, look, I know it's a big game. I know it's a Derby game. Let's try and keep the emotions in check. Let's communicate in the right way and so on. And after two minutes, it was like, wow, he's you know, my fourth official is saying, oh, you know, I, like I'm going to have my hands full here. I'm, I'm trying to talk to him, but the emotion is there. And I'm like, yeah, okay, just, just keep talking to him. Just keep him. Just try and keep him, you know, working with you. And eventually, 42 minutes in, I had to go across and issue a, a yellow card. And he and he, he came to me after the game and he said, "I needed that yellow card. I needed a yellow card because once I got it, I knew then that I was no good to my team if I continued to behave that way." So that that's just that's trying to give you an example of of how it works positively, right? Um, where where the manager doesn't focus on the referee, right? There seems to be there seems to be an acceptance that it's okay to shout and roar and scream at, at, at the referee, the fourth official, and we're guilty of that as referees because we've we've kind of facilitated that, and enabled that a little bit. Um, and then when something like this comes in, this like this is a you know red and yellow cards was a was a um, what do you call it that, that that was more that was a real that was a that was a real change to the law. Uh, so. So managers are struggling with that a little bit, in my opinion, right? Um, I don't think, you know, I've looked at the stats at home. Uh, Sorry, um, I won't say managers all over the place. Um, You know, I look at a lot of football in a lot of different countries. Um, I do see red and yellow cards given out to managers. No idea of the stats in terms of those countries. But what I do see is an immediate behavioral change. Uh, I I had this in international tournaments over the last couple of years. I was lucky enough to be on... um, on, on FIFA tournaments, at the Under-20 World Cup, the Club World Cup, where you know uh, there was a, there was an emphasis on the new law changes. You know, um, uh, refereeing people went and spoke to the teams, and the coaches, and the players in terms of you know educating them in terms of, hey, look, if you do this, this happens. If you do this, this happens. And and uh, um, managers were spoken to specifically in relation to the red and yellow card aspect. And and in those two tournaments, uh, the Club World Cup we were at, I think um, I think Jurgen Klopp and um, whoever the was it maybe uh, Flamengo manager, they were both yellow carded on the on the touchline for the behaviour. They got into it and so on and so forth, yellow yellow, and then everything kind of calmed down. So um, so that's that's where it's come from. That's that's the reason behind it, the rationale behind it, and you know look again. I'm not trying to say that uh, that a manager can't say, you know, he can't talk to an official. Look, sometimes there'll be an emotional outburst, and from an, from an official's point of view, from a referee's point of view, we have to understand what that emotional outburst is, as opposed to it being abusive, you know. And, and I'm not saying it's kind of one strike and you're out, right? But there's a there's a there's a structure there, right? If a manager's not behaving in a, in a, in a manner deemed responsible, right? Fourth official will go and say, hey, look. You know, you've got to work with me a little bit here. No, you can't do this. If the manager persists, the fourth official will go down and say, all right, I've now warned you. And if the manager persists, it's going to be a yellow card and a red card. No, it's not necessarily a three-step process, right? You could, you could say or do something, and it's immediately red. You know, laws of the game. Uh, within the laws of the game, page, page 111, 100, uh, sorry, 112, 113, the laws of the game, Clearly, clearly show and state what's acceptable and what. Not acceptable from a behavioural point of view. I, I listened intently to Stephen a couple of weeks ago, and I don't want to be in, in any way. I don't want this to sound dismissive, but Stephen talked about the fourth officials having to go through um, conflict resolution training, as if they're working doors and bars and nightclubs and stuff like that. And it's a, this is a very simple. I would not that it's simple, but this is if managers behave the way that they're supposed to be behave and if they're educated enough, know the way they should behave, right? Then there is no need for that. It shouldn't have to be conflict. Of course, from a manager, from a referee manager's point of view to to his or her referees, there'll be direction given in terms of the level of acceptability, you know, what crosses the line and so on. Um, But in no way, do I think, Referees and fourth officials need to go through that conflict resolution process. You know, I think that's 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 a bit that's a bit out there. Um, I know we're probably going to get to communication and 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 you know more a, a more harmonious working environment. I think that's crucial. So I, I'm very conscious that I've ramble on a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to put a little bit of context in terms of the the conditions and the guidelines that referees are working within. Um, I do know. I do want to say that. Um, I know, pre-season, that there was uh, that these law amendments and law changes um, were available to the managers and the clubs. I know that there was a meeting organised where the where the uh, referee manager um, went and explained those on a on a on a virtual meeting. Right? Um, not every manager turned up. Right? Which is, And and if I'm wrong with this information, then I apologise in advance. But um, the information I have is that it's. It's a requirement for the, the, the club or the manager to attend those from a club licensing perspective. Okay. Um, th- uh, I believe three clubs didn't, three premier division clubs didn't turn up. Um, no. And to be fair, uh, that's, that's a, that's a good turnout, but it should be every manager. Right. And, and like, there was no communication to say that they weren't going to be there or anything like that. Right. But that was, that was there, that was put on. And that's a good thing. I think, I think that's, that's absolutely relevant. I think. I think any law changes, law amendments that happen in, in advance of a season, should be explained uh, either either in person to the um, to the clubs, where where a referee person, uh, you know, a referee management person goes to uh, goes to the club, speaks to the uh, speaks to the manager, speaks to the coaches, speaks to the players, you know, in a and you know a constructive meeting, not well, we had this decision last year and we had this referee last year, you know, not that that's that's that that'll accomplish nothing, right? But, but, from an educational point of view, make sure everybody is kept abreast of 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 law changes. Um, so, my understanding was that three three clubs didn't turn up. Um, and the referee manager, you know put another um, another workshop together to facilitate those, to facilitate those those three clubs. you know, so so everybody is 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 working within. Um, everybody's working within. everybody has been given that information. so they, they should be aware of the, of the guidelines, you
1: know. Just come just back to, to the fourth official. I did say on, with, with Stephen Henderson a couple of weeks ago that when I was sitting on the bench for my last couple of years as a professional footballer, I did think that they were getting involved when they didn't have to. Um, and I know you can't. Obviously, you're not in the league. You don't, you don't see that. But how important is it? The relationship then between the officials, and in terms of like, does would a referee talk to its fourth official? Obviously, well, obviously they do before a game and say, look, don't try not to get involved in unnecessary chat amongst the dugouts or that type of stuff. Would that happen?
0: Sure, absolutely. look, look every every referee team, um, you know, uh, the, the the four uh, the four officials at home, they'll be they'll they'll be in the dressing room beforehand. They'll go through their pregame stuff in terms of. Their, their their communication and so on. Um, so you know we'll, we'll we'll go through all of that as officials. Okay, that's that's normal. <clears throat> um, absolutely, when it comes to the fourth official. Hey, look, leave the players, leave the manager, deal with his players. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I I know Stephen referenced, um, um, referenced Ali a couple of weeks ago, and and, and uh, Ali Hargan, and he said if you take if you take cursing away out of Ali, you don't have the same you don't have the same manager, and. From a referee's point of view, probably he can curse and roar and scream at his own players, all he wants. No, it's no. It makes no difference to to, to the officials. You know. So, so I would. I would, as a fourth official, fourth official recently, let the managers deal with their players. Okay, answer a question if the question is asked in the right way. Understand the emotional aspect to it. Try not to involve yourself unnecessarily. I I do agree, Conan. I do agree with you that uh, I do see. Fourth officials kind of tend to get involved a little, bit, not necessarily in, just in the league at home. But when I watch the games at home, I can see some interaction. Oh, I've no idea what's being said. Maybe the fourth official is just, you know, maybe he has or she has been asked a question and is just going across there. But it, the fourth official shouldn't be seen as a sounding board for ninety minutes. You know, um, not necessarily he or she's not necessarily there to engage in conversation for ninety minutes with, uh, with the with the technical benches. Um, but you're right in terms of if you go over too often, your 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 message in terms of your disciplinary control will be lost a little bit. You know you don't want to. you want to find a happy medium between too much involvement and too little involvement. Involve involve yourself as a fourth, and and you know uh, uh, all of all of the fourth officials, like everybody that comes into the league you know, the, any official that comes into the league, they're younger, they've worked in a, in, a, in a league that's local to them, they come up to a higher level of football, they're involved in, in, in a training, in the, um, in the educational side of things, uh, but it's, it's, it's maybe finding their ground and finding their, 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 their comforts, uh, comfort level. Maybe they feel because they're younger that, you know, I, I need to be seen to be more active as a fourth official, when in actual fact, it's that's probably more detrimental to it you know but it's 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 finding that 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 balance between too much involvement and too little involvement and, and that might be some of the reason for um um for, for for what you for what you uh you mentioned yourself in terms of being uh, being on the bench you
1: know obviously we're we're getting on a little bit in in terms of the interview but i did want to bring up communication and in the sense that how how can that be Brought out in terms of in, in in bringing it into the league to make sure that communication is key between all parties that we can all we can all have our our say in a in an appropriate manner.
0: I think that's a really good point. I think that's something that um, uh, I, again I know I know Stephen mentioned it in the, in his um, in his interview. I, I completely agree that a, a good harmonious working relationship in terms of in terms of the the, the manager side of it. Manager side of it, from 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 um, managers' representation, referee representation. I think that's really really key. Again, my experience uh, my experience here uh, in the US has has shown that to me to work absolutely in terms of in terms of fostering a better relationship. You know, um, I do think that that preseason that preseason um, um, educational session is is uh, will help as long as. You have buy-in from from the players and the coaches, as opposed to it being a chore to have to sit there for an hour and, and and listen to something that they don't have any interest in. You know, and I, I understand. You know, look, you and, look. I've played a game a little bit before. You know, so I understand uh, the player side of it. I'm coaching here at the minute from uh, from uh, from my sins as well, um, and, and the underage level, so I can understand if, uh, uh, the the coaches' frustration a little Any bit. yellow, any, um,
1: any yellow or red cards.
0: Not yet, not yet, but <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so so uh, so that's that's one side of it. I know Stephen uh, Stephen Henderson is the. Uh, forgive me for not knowing if there's an official title, but he's he's the representative. He's representing the managers. Yeah. Um, and I know he he had said that you know they're, they're currently not not affiliated or acknowledged by 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 the association. Um. But whether it's whether it's whether it's the the referee manager with individual managers, um, or whether it's you know the referee manager with somebody that's representing the managers. I think a you know, something mid-season, just to just to kind of sit down and kind of see how the season is going. You know, um, discuss any sort of trends that that are appearing in the league. When they say trends and talking, I don't know, simulations, stopping a promising attack, things like that. Um, that might be more more to the fore than they had been before. Discussing that side of it, and then and then a review at the end of the season. Look, not everybody's going to agree, but at least at least there'll be there'll be an understanding from both sides as to where um, as to where things are going and moving and what needs to happen to uh, to adjust to it you know um, um so 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 i think i'm i'm a big believer in that and i think i think you know once 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 that's there look i, I know i know you know the 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 person responsible for refereeing at home um is is very much into into that side of it um and I know that again, I, I know this because because I spoke to him uh, midweek, uh, the ability for managers to pick up the phone, right just pick up the phone and 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 contact uh, and contact them uh, to discuss something that might have happened in the game so that you know the, the manager can get it off his or her chest, and they can get an answer as to you know um, why it was or wasn't. It gives you does, does give referee manager. Alan? Uh, I can give you, I can, I can, I can tell you, right, that in the year and two thirds that that person is in the position that he's in, right? Uh, six, six managers in the league have picked up the phone, right? Two club secretaries and a director of football. The director of football was was uh, was this week, you know. So, so that that option is there that option is there it's, and, and, and he's more than happy to facilitate it. Look, I'm not here to be, to be his spokesperson or anything like that. Not at all. But, you know, you, you asked the question in terms of communication and I'm saying it's there's, there's the door is open there to pick up the phone and, and have that discussion. Now, one thing I will say is that when a manager picks up the phone to have the discussion and they have that discussion, that's a discussion between those two individuals, you know, the manager can bring it back to his players for sure. If a manager goes to the media and divulges the, the 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 contents of that discussion, then that trust is absolutely broken. You know, and and what's the what's the point then? If you're going to do, it, if you're going to have that discussion, then have that discussion. You know, both sides learn from it. You move on. You take it to your respective um, your respective uh, whether it's your referees or whether it's your um your, your players. Well, surely that. Or,
1: so surely that right. discussion should be, be had, before. like obviously we talked about the emotional element of the game and you have to talk to like your social media after the game, after, and TV after the game, but surely you should be speaking to the referee as well. And, and I know like we both, we know who you're talking about in terms of who's, who's in charge of the referees. I don't obviously say his name out loud, but um, surely that, op, that they have to use that option and contact them to see to, to let them know their their grievances um, hear from what, what he has to say whether or not he could say yeah he could agree with the manager he could say yeah it was a poor decision what we're coming to the end now Alan but in terms of retrospective action against the referee so obviously as a player you make a couple of poor decisions you're dropped manager a couple of poor defeats you're sacked I know a lot of people have been talking about referees getting mistake after mistake, and sure. still get the get games week after week. Is there, a, is there, is there something with the referees that, uh, that happened in that way?
0: Yeah, the one thing that, that, that really kind of um, throws me blood pressure up is when I hear there's no accountability um, for referees. There is. There's absolutely accountability. Just because it's not made public doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Now, again, the, the, what you, you, you say the referees making mistakes and then they're out the following week. That, those mistakes, if they're if they're clear, absolutely clear mistakes, then then that's fair enough. But if it's if it's more a subjective opinion that it's a mistake, then then I don't think the individual has a, a has a uh, an expectation uh, has a reason to expect that the referee won't be out the following week. You know. Now I know that I, I, I absolutely know that referees who were penciled in uh, for for the for, for the following week, depending on their game on a Friday or a Saturday. That game goes well, then fine, no problem, uh, and and they're they're out the following. Not by the way, not every referee is out every week, okay. Um, um, so but if 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 the referee makes a what what's deemed to be a key match incident, right, a key error, right, in um in the game, then there there should be no expectation from the referee to be out the following week. And there have been referees taken off games that they've been penciled in for simply because of performance. Look again, I'll use myself as an example way back when. Uh, you know, I, I get PTSD every time I bring this up. I thought I was over it, but Bo's fans will um, will always throw it in every now and again. I, I refereed Bray Bo's years ago out in the Carlisle grounds. Right, I'm in a the position. There's a ball knocked from from diagonal ball left to right to the back post. You know, uh, I'm trying to get into position, and uh, Paul Devlin, Paul Devlin, that was uh, playing with Bo's way back yep. when. Cut the ball, perfect, and just for a split second, I took my eye off it, and I just see the ball ricochet back. out, thought the ball hit the post. Right, back into play. Ball had hit the middle stanchion behind the goal. It had gone into the net and come straight back out. I didn't have an angle of view to see it. And immediately I'm like, oh, you know, he's the only person that went and kind of celebrated. Everybody else was kind of, including myself, was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. right? It was a goal scored. I didn't see it. You know, so 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 I back then at the time, if you if you made a big, big error, you're taking out for four weeks. Right, taken out, out out for four weeks I was taken out for six and rightly so and rightly so now look I'm not a big advocate of being out for six weeks it doesn't do the referee any good in terms of you know losing the match match sharpness all that kind of stuff Conference. but was, that was a terrible terrible decision from my point of view not an unacceptable decision you know I, I, I say terrible terrible decision I sound like you know one of the pundits at home um, <laughs> um, but um, um, but yeah so, so there is accountability there is accountability uh, when it um, when it comes to it you know Um just, just one thing before we, we, we get off this going. One, one, one thing that, again, it's been it, you know, it, it, the line of uh, there's, been, there's been so many yellow and red cards given this season that it's out of control and so on and so forth. Just from a statistical point of view, I'm not a huge stats person, right? But again, the information that I have is just 33 yellow cards have been given to managers or technical, um, technical area personnel. Uh, in, in the Premier and the First Division this season, right? Out of those 33, 18 of those have have come from three specific clubs and technical areas. Um, like that, like so. Fi- so fifty-five percent of your of your cautions and uh, your yellow cards and red cards in, in technical areas have come from three clubs. You know. So we talk I could, about I could guess them. change. Uh, look, it's not for me. I, 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 and uh, look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I know. trying to pinpoint clubs or anything like that. I'm just saying that just, just the stats are there, you know. So, so the whole idea was that it was brought into uh, to, to change behavioral patterns, and it doesn't appear the penny doesn't appear to have dropped um, with those managers. Look, I'm quite. Look, those managers are, are are absolutely wanting to do the best for their clubs and their players, you know. But if you as a manager, if 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 me as a referee goes over to a manager and I say, hey, look. You know, it's a yellow car, now you're going to have to change your behavior. And I turn away and the manager decides to have another pop, right? Then that manager is not doing himself or herself or their players or their club any favors by getting themselves sent off, you know? So they need to show some self-discipline. And there's times where I will say that the referees and the fourth officials need to show a little bit of self-discipline as well, you know? Um, So, um so yeah again i just wanted i just wanted to 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 throw that out there you know in terms of in terms of the teams um um so the question i'm asking is is it is it is it is it such a big thing is it as big a thing as being as it's being made out or is it just a couple of clubs need to need to adapt like again like five premier division teams um have received more than one yellow or red card all right um only five uh, have received more than one yellow or red, right? Five first division teams have received a yellow or red card, right? Um, but only two of those have received them more than one time. So is it, is, it, is it as big a thing as it's being made out to be? Or do certain managers need to take a look at themselves a little bit and say, okay, I, I can do better here. I, I, I maybe I need to adjust here, right? We as a technical area, a technical staff, Maybe need to adjust our behavior uh, to avoid this type of thing. I'm only asking that question because you know the the accusation of it's being out of it's out of control is is just kind of thrown out there. You know because there are there are lots of red and yellow cards. Um, I don't have a comparison to last year uh, in terms of whether it's it, whether it's up or down. I'm quite sure that might be available at some point. But uh, um, but again, I just wanted to, to to put that out there to say, hey, look. There's work needed for sure, but it's not just a one sided thing.
1: Unfortunately, we've um we've actually run out of time, Alan. Um, but we're gonna have to you're gonna have to come on again towards uh, the end of this season because um there's so much more that um we have to talk about. Um, I wanted like I'd love to talk about the positioning of a referee. Do they ever get a like how important is the positioning of a referee on a football pitch? Um, Huge. Oh, I want to talk about like the referee assessors, how like uh, structural changes. Um, in terms of referees, there's so much more to talk about, but unfortunately, we've just um ran out of time. Um, I I actually just lastly, you played your last game at Turner's Cross in 2013, and I was on the yeah. pitch. You were. I was. So there we go. Last, last last. I was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was it was four three right? It was it four three? Court, four or three?
1: Four two or three? Think. Four, four two, two or three? Four, four two. Three. No, no,
0: you're right. You're right. Four two. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was. um, uh, Look, from Cork, born in Cork, grew up in Cork, Cork boy, played with Cork way back when. Uh, um, uh, Went and watched lots of Cork games, if I can say that. Um, Of course. um, So it was nice. It was nice to. It was. It was a nice touch. um, And and as a Cork person, you don't you don't referee Cork in the league. So it was a nice way to finish up. Family being there and, and all that kind of stuff. Look, as I said earlier on. I'm a, I've been a League of Ireland fan since since, since the since the early days of of, of um, my, my my childhood uh, and and continue to be to to this day. My son's the same. He's eleven years of age. Left uh, left home uh, left Ireland eight years ago. Um, but when we go back, we go to League of Ireland matches. Whether it's in Turner's Cross, whether it's in St. Coleman's Park. Took him to a Rovers Bows game one night. Uh, I don't think he's recovered from that yet. Um, and brave uh, move. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. So. Uh, all part and all part and parcel of the of the League of Ireland, um, uh, the League of Ireland loving.
1: Well, look, as I said, we need to get you on now in another couple of weeks. If that if you're still happy enough to to do that, um, happy to. Yeah, brilliant. Alan, listen, thanks very very much for for coming on and and speaking to us today. So, Brendan, a very interesting conversation there I had with with Alan, and obviously it's only part one. He's going He's agreed to come on in another couple of weeks to to finish off the conversation, um, because there was a lot that we didn't discuss. What's your take on, on referees at the moment, Brendan, in, in the League of World?
2: It's um, it's, a, it's a tankless job, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, I think Alan's, Alan's spot on in terms of the social media aspect of things where everything's magnified. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we have access to, you know, all the games are being streamed now, so any little any little decision that, that fans are, are unhappy with are able to go back a minute, screen record, upload it to social media, and then it, it, it all it all kicks off again, doesn't it? So um I thought he made a very very good point on players and managers not knowing the laws of the game um or not fully understanding the, the, the laws. Um, I mean, we done the referees course years ago. Yeah, uh, I I found that very beneficial to to understand kind of a, a referee's decision and, and why why he or she has has made that decision and even even down to I always found that you know when when you when you obviously when we did the course you you know you you understand the terminology and if you're able to speak to a referee um. And, and, and speak to them on, on their level we, we obviously you know their terminology you know you find that they that they respect you a little bit more in terms of okay this fella knows you know the, the laws like so there there's can be an open dialogue there um, it is it is a tough time for, for the referees at the moment um, it, it's hard for them because it, it does seem a little one-sided that's I mean, Alan's probably the first one, you know, to to come on and speak. And he can do it because he's not involved in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, until you have that dialogue with, with, um, with from someone within, within the, the League of Ireland panel, it's obviously, it's going to be leaning towards that, that one side. And it can come across as a bit referee bashing, you know, like, and, I honestly believe that they they don't you know they 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 don't like I I can't imagine that they're that they're liking this at the moment you know what I mean of course not um it's you know the the preparation that you know I know for a fact because the preparation they put into games in, in terms of an analysis of, of, of teams and analysis of, of trends that teams play so they can be in, 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 the, in the best position possible at certain times to make decisions is, is phenomenal. And, and even down to look, I'm my, my dad's a referee in the Leicester Senior League, so I'm surrounded by it a lot. So, you know, I, I, can, I can understand um I understand the dedication that goes into it, even at his level. You know, they go train, they train together on a Tuesday night in the Lesser Senior League. And um, so you can only imagine what what our, our League of Ireland referees are doing, the dedication that they, they're putting into it as well, as well like um on, on top of their jobs. So I mean, you have to take everything into consideration. And I think the
1: only problem that I that that I'd have was when I was when I was a player, I was always there was always the referees that you were able to talk to. And I was look, you know me, I was very level headed on the pitch. I very rarely get too aggressive in how I spoke or anything. It was usually people were aggressive with how I was playing and how badly, how poorly I was playing. So, referees were the majority of referees I was able to talk to in a in a, in a very communicative communicative way. Um, but there was the one or two that just refused it, no matter what way I was. Um, and that's that was, and that was the issue that that I wanted to speak with with Alan was about that communication that needs to be worked on. And look, he agreed on it and he, he, he thinks it needs to be to be worked on. Um, his education, I thought his, his referee education is 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 was extraordinary. Um, I learned a lot. He skilled me at one stage too, um, on the loss of the game. But um yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to the next part when we do that.
2: Yeah, and listen, Alan, Alan was. The, the top referee in this country um, and you know he, he was cherry-picked to go over to the MLS and and um, you know he's been exceptional over there you know he's he's, he's refereed in all the top games over there and it, it's great to see someone from from our our tiny league you know really go and go and make a make a name for themselves on, on such a stage you know um, yeah, so done, yeah
1: he's done great um, moving on then to fixtures for this week. We have Bowe's entertaining Derry at Damon Park on Monday. We were, we were talking about that FAI Cup replay at Oriel Park between Dundalk and Finn Harps. That takes place on Tuesday night at quarter to eight. And then Friday's fixtures, Bohemians again at home against Finn Harps. Derry are at home to Longford. Sligo make the trip to Oriel Park to face Dundalk. The big game of the weekend, I think St. Pat's play Shamrock Rovers at Richmond Park. And finally at the RSC, Waterford versus Drogheda United. Uh, Brendan, obviously um, uh, the, the standout fixture there, I think, is, is St. Pats against Shamrock Rovers. What what do you make of that one?
2: It's, it's to tie it around, isn't it? Um, Forced to be second. Uh, they're always great games, aren't they? in, <laughs> in you know, Pats and Rovers, and especially with the crowd being allowed back in now, there'll be that bit of added... Um, Spice. added spice to it added bite yeah um, and you know players can feed off that you know and, and, and raise their game a little bit more obviously I think both teams will go out go out to win the game Um, I think that's that's, that's what Shamrock Rovers have done they've gone to win every game so it's Pat's the same uh, I don't think they'll be too disappointed with it with a with point Um, but yeah it's, it's uh, hopefully it's a nice tasty one
1: Absolutely, um, I think if Shamrock Rovers do win it, I think that is uh, guaranteed. Then they have their two hands on the cup, let alone one. Um, the first division then at Lone host Wexford, uh, Cabinteely play Shells, You're making the trip up to Stradbrook, Brook. Galway host UCD, Cork face Treaty, um, at Markets Field, and on Saturday, Cove Ramblers play Bray Wanderers at St. Coleman's Park. Um. Obviously, I'm going to ask you, uh, Brennan. I asked you a question earlier on. Actually, Shamrock Rovers' title was theirs to lose. But can the same be said for Shelf? <laughs>
2: um, look, I suppose if you're saying Shamrock Rovers being six clear with with nine to play is theirs to lose, um, you know us being ten points clear with with only five to play, it's definitely ours to lose. But you know, look, we're under we're under no illusions as, as to as to the task ahead of us. Um, you know, we, we we don't want anyone, we don't want to need any any favors from anybody, and um, you know, all eyes are on on going to Cavant to get three points. But uh that that's look, it's the old cliche, that's all we're doing. we you, you just get into a routine where you're just ticking off game by game and and uh Moving on to the next, and, and and that's all we'll be doing. So we'll be fully respecting Cabin Uh We'll we'll do all our prep work on them this week, and and we'll be looking to go to Stradbrook to win the game. And yeah, we'll uh,
1: we'll see how that goes. We'll be careful because I remember playing for Shelburne and Stradbrook was always a, a banana skin for us. So um, I'm sure you, uh, Ian Morris, will will, will be made very yeah, well aware look, of I'll, that. Yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely, and, and the supporters a bit of have made us aware of that as well so but look it, it, it doesn't matter who we were playing Kevin Teeley whoever um you know we we fully back what we, what we're doing and and how we play the game and and uh we feel that if we prepare prepare and play the way we have done the last few games we, we, we'll be okay wherever we go so fully respect who we're playing and and we we, we give we give
1: each um each fixture the full attention um, a game that I will be attending this week, Brennan, is the women's national team uh, friendly Ireland versus Australia at Tallaght Stadium. That's on Tuesday night, um, so really, really looking forward to that. And um, finally, I'd like to thank you, Brennan, for for coming on at such short notice um, to co-host this podcast for us today. It was uh, it was great to hear your views on 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 different on the on the scores and the and the results and your own um, game at the moment as well. So. Thank you very very much for, for coming on. Yeah, no problem, pal. And obviously, we'd like to to we're thinking of Khan at this time, and we'd like to dedicate this episode to Brian Murphy. Keep on hooping. Thanks, guys. See you next week.